Okay, appears we are live. Sorry for the delay, those of you listening to us live. It was actually your host's problem for actually not getting on the ball quick enough. Julie, you are unmuted, so welcome to today's podcast. Right, very good. Ready to rumble. Yes, it should be a fun podcast. So, yeah, and, no worries. And Julie, I'm, my new more criticism, Mike Mouth. <laughs> Podcast listeners, Julie Julie stands up when she's doing. uh, Yeah, exactly. This is her first podcast. She really hasn't done two thousand before, so she doesn't. (laughs) You know, she knows this whole mic next to her mouth thing. She's never heard it before, so this is new information, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So listen, guys, I'm going to update you on a lot of things, and then Julie's prepared a great topic for us to talk about today. Um, we've been doing a lot of interviews, uh, and a lot of you have been giving us a lot of interesting feedback on the interviews. We've got – I had finished one yesterday that we're going to have come out in the next couple of days. I definitely want you to listen to that one. It was really great. It was a guy that used to run – I think it was the largest Keller Williams office in the nation, and he talks about from – you know, seeing from the front lines all the fallacies of the team model, and he got into. He and I had such a great detailed conversation about gross versus net. I really want you to listen to that. That's coming out, I think, on Wednesday. Um, and also, I want to thank all of you for continuing to make Harris Rules the number one uh, real estate book. In uh, it's on, you know, Amazon. Obviously, it's uh, in Barnes and Noble. It's for sale in Target, not all Targets. It's for sale in Costco. You know, seeing our book on the bookshelves is a really amazing experience. But what we love to see, and if you guys would help us with this, this would be great. If you could t- take pictures of you reading the book, um, and then if you want to do reviews or just post it on Amazon. Um, for those of you, I think we've got 100 of these really high-end, you know, nice ball caps. And for those of you who uh, do that, a picture of yourself leaving a review on Amazon – and you know you want to give it a five-star review, so don't even mentally struggle with that. Just a five-star review. It's the easiest thing for you to do. So much less work than clicking anything other than five stars. And then a quick po- a picture of yourself. When you do that, uh, just let us know that you posted that, and we'll send you a hat. So there's three steps. Well, four, really. Buy the book. You can order it from Amazon. Uh, step number two, take a picture of you with book. Step number three, post picture of you and book on Amazon. Uh, step number four, let us know you did it. We'll mail you a hat. Okay, and um, the pictures of the hat are over on our Instagram feed too. I had Zoe, our daughter, model the hat. It's very—they're very nice. And you know, they come in black and camo, and the Harris Rules logos on the front. I don't know. I like it. It's cool. I spent a stupid amount of time making all the details right on the hat, just like we did on the book. So listen again. Thank you very much for all of you for continuing to make Harris Rules uh, the number one real estate book on um, you know on Amazon bookstores. It's doing exceptionally well. I'm really not surprised because the last book sold really, really well. What I what is fun is seeing people from different parts of the world that are discovering Julie and I from the podcast, but also from the book. I got a great email from someone in Scotland. I had emails from uh, people in Australia. A lot of people in Australia are listening to us and buying the book. So that's really cool. It's you know it's amazing to think. And all of you have helped us to make that a reality. And, uh, yeah, anytime we can be of service to you guys in any way, I want you to remember that Julie and I are here. I I give my cell phone number, and I think some of you are suspicious about that because you can't imagine considering the size of the audience we have that I'd actually respond, but I do. If you ever want to get a hold of me about anything, just text me at 512-758-0206. Um, and if you're overseas, because I, I did get some texts from people overseas, I think you have to put an 011 first. I think that's the country code. And then 512-758-0206. But, yeah, I love hearing from you guys. I love your feedback. 
um, you know, I love knowing which, what resonates with you and what doesn't. It helps Julie and I to do a better job being of service to all of you. So I really sincerely appreciate that. So, Julie, before we get to our uh, notes, our, our presentation, do you have anything in particular or anybody you'd like to acknowledge? Well, I think the collective listing agent um, plight this time of year is that they're carrying more inventory than many times the rest of the year. And I've had several conversations over the past uh, few days, mostly with our elite coaching clients that are carrying tons of inventory, where they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, having to take care of all those sellers, especially in some cases, a shifting market where it's taking a little bit longer. Maybe that means 12 days instead of 12 hours, or maybe that means 120 days instead of you know, a week and a half. So having more of those conversations and managing those relationships. And I just wanted to say kudos to all of you guys who are doing that and following the 12-week the, uh, seller communication plan. That's in the Harris Rules book. I might be in the treasure map as well. It's certainly part of our coaching to not talk with your sellers and kind of hide out from them, even though that's a little bit of a challenge sometimes, is recipe for you to be the one that has the expired. And I have a rule with all of our clients. You're not allowed to have any expireds. You're only allowed to take other people's expireds. It's just not okay. But what causes that? Sometimes the sellers feel like you have lost your will to sell it. Sometimes they start blaming you. And if you're not talking to them, I guarantee you, unfortunately, they don't think that you're out there working for them. They don't know what the heck you're doing. So kudos to all of you guys who are just, you know, kind of sucking it up, having those conversations, getting the price adjustments, um, and all that hard work for listing inventory. It's interesting to hear, you know, that's what we want everybody to have and to be a really powerful listing agent, but then you have to deal with it, and that takes them to the next level, which I think is a really good uh, business maturity growth that many have to go through. That's what I'm hearing this time of year. I'm sure you've had some of those conversations, too, with your listing agents. Yeah, definitely. Well, here's what I'm hearing this year is everyone – well, we are biased, obviously, because our personal coaching clients – are some of the best agents in the nation. You know, we have people that earn literally millions and millions of dollars in personal income per year. Um, it's interesting to hear their perspectives on things because here's something that a lot of you guys should know. Once you cross into the realm where the air is, you know, rare and you're the top agent in your respected marketplace, what you'll discover is that you are less um, – so the ebbs and the flows of the interest rates and the, you know, this is or the at, uh, that's, they don't affect you as greatly as when you're in the middle or on the bottom end of the market as far as production. Because what happens is when the market gets crappy or mar market, the perception of the market that it gets tough, the sellers actually won't take what they perceive to be a risk of listing with anyone else other than the top agent. So that's what I'm seeing with a lot of my own personal clients. My personal clients, uh, most of them are, you know, like I said, there's top agents in the country, many of the names you've heard of. They are at, their business is uh, it's going to the next level in essence because their markets, especially the high-end market price ranges, they're changing. Those are slowing down. Those houses aren't selling. So these sellers who they have no connection with, no center of influence past client, no, they hadn't prospected them. They hadn't marketed to them. Sellers like that are starting to reach out to a lot of these folks that Julie and I personally coach because they don't want to take a risk and they want to get the house sold. Maybe they're worried about you know, it not expiring again, or maybe they're you know, essentially in a situation where they want to get it right the first time. So those are the types of things that when you're on the top of your game, the very best of the best, you're going to experience that as well. 
Now, for the rest of you, I know some of you are really struggling for listing inventory, and that's the reason. The reason is, is most of you are not yet really embracing the idea of being proactive lead generators. That's the constant recurring theme I have when I get texts and calls and emails. I always will ask you guys. It's funny sometimes to see how cra uh, crafty you guys are avoiding the conflict that I'm going to give you because you know I'm going to ask you the question. I say, well, where do you, where's your business come from? 99% of you are just basically doing things passive, centers of influence, past clients, and you're counting and hoping and praying that luck basically goes in your direction. You're not doing anything proactive. You're not doing any picking up the phone. Oh, your centers of influence, past client, you're just mailing them stuff, or you're doing a drip campaign, or you're emailing them a newsletter, or you're whatever, digital passive stuff, but you're not picking up the phone. We will tell you this until the point is that you get the point. That the, in this day and age, the more leaning that people, your competitors go to relying on digital passive marketing, the more important it is that you learn to pick up the phone. The phone, actual conversations, or yes, in person too works as well. I, on our private Facebook page for our members, our coaching, our premier coaching members, I saw a little interesting, um, you know, someone said, other than, um, you know, picking up the phone. You know, and this person said, I'm worried about the do not call list, right? They're just making excuses not to pick up the phone. Other than picking up the phone, what's the second best source for going after expired listings? Like, what's the next best way to get – and I texted – or I posted on the Facebook page, whether if you're worried about the do not call list, there's no such thing as the do not, do not knock list. And then one of our longer-term coaching clients chimed in and wrote a description of how he basically does that. He'll go and call the ones that are available to call, and then he'll go knock the other ones, and he gets an equal number of listings now from calling as he does from knocking. So, you know, ultimately, if you're not really willing to do the work and you're going to try to figure out clever excuses why you're not going to do it, and that would be the actual face-to-face -face contact with the seller, you're never going to be successful in this business or anything else. You know what I'm saying is true. I know you do because I talk to all you guys every day. You know? My life was full of back-to-back -back conversations with agents, who most of which are trying to procrastinate uh, doing what they don't want to do, and they don't want to do it at the highest level. So here's a, the topic for today's podcast. Oh, by the way, the, a lot of you guys um, ask me about free coaching calls. You can re uh, request a free coaching call for one of our new member coaches. Simply text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do, just by the fact that you've requested the free coaching call, we're going to send you six free books. The one I want you to uh, download, the, you, you'll get a link to it. Download this one right away. Simple. You get the text. Imagine you right now texting Nord Harris to 31996. Simple. Then, boom, you're going to get an automatic response. It's going to have a link on it. From that link, you're then going to be able to go and download six free books, your 12-monthly generation plan and other books like that. But the one in particular I want you to download the first is the Real Estate Treasure Map. Download that one at your fill-in-the-blank business plan. Don't buy it on Amazon. Don't buy it on, you know, in the bookstores. Just get it for free. I'm just going to give it to you, Real Estate Treasure Map. We came out with this book probably 10 or 12 years ago, but it's a fantastic fill-in-the-blank business plan. So just go ahead and text the word Harris to 31996. Do that now. Text the word Harris to 31996. And when you do so, you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right, Julie, let's get to your points. The topic yes. of today's uh, session is, are you truly committed to your goals? That's right. So here we are halfway through the year. The question to ask, and this is for everyone listening, and I'm also doing this with team leaders and brokers and people who are doing mid-year reviews, here's the big question. 
Are you on track, ahead, or behind? And how do you know? Well, this question assumes that you set goals at the beginning of the year and that you know how to track your results. So for some of you listening, we have to stop here and recalibrate. If you don't know whether you're on track, ahead, or behind, is that because you never set goals in the first place? That can be cured with the real estate treasure map. We talk a lot about that in the Harris Rules book as well. And certainly, you probably should, should at least consider some coaching because if you find yourself in this position, it's because you're not holding yourself accountable. So think about that. Now, for the rest of you, you do have goals, but how do you know your own level of commitment? Well, are you on track ahead or behind? And I wrote down several points to get them to be introspective here. Point number one, are the goals written down? Are they specific? Are they posted? Are they taken seriously? If I call you at 3 o'clock in the morning and I ask you what is your overriding two or three goals from your real estate practice this year, how long does it take for you to answer me? Are you taking them seriously? And one of the tests is, are they actually written down? You know, in the Harris Rules book, I do have a little section about a study that was made comparing people who just said what their goal was at the beginning of the year, really any time of the year, but people who claim what their goal is versus people who wrote down their goals. And there was a third part of the study, people who didn't just have them written down, but read them daily. And I'm sure you can guess which people were on track. It would be the people who not just wrote them down, but also read them daily. So point number two is related to that. Are you obsessed with your goals to the point that you push through your fears, you do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, and you do it at a high level? Do you use the affirmation, I'm a doer, I do things now, I get things done? Or are you like the person Tim just mentioned that posted on Facebook, you know, other than actually making contact with somebody, what else could I be doing? Okay, that's the person who's hiding out from their goals. So how obsessed are you? And is it to the point where you push through some of those excuses and, you know, non-affirmations where you're just not taking it seriously? So be obsessed. Hey, Maybe you write that on your whiteboards. Go ahead. Haven't yeah. you found this time of year a lot of people, even though they wouldn't admit it, basically just give up? Yeah, it, it, it is kind of the give up halfway point. Because if well, they're we not ahead theory. or on track, you know, the, yeah, Orange Theory starts we to orange, the, the past two days in Orange Theory, which I want everyone to be completely clear about this. We hate Orange Theory, but we love it. I had someone give me a killer compliment. I'm going to repeat this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Oh, yeah, here uh, we Julie, go. <laughs> here we go. When we took pictures when we were in Puerto Rico recently, um, Julie took pictures of me and Zoe playing in the ocean, and one of our coaching clients yesterday said, "I look like James Bond stepping out of the water." And uh, oh, you know, you. anyway, I thought that was really a compliment, awesome. wonderful compliment. So I really appreciate that. Good. Yeah, and I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it a million times. It's wonderful. You never gave me a compliment <laughs> that nice, that. not in almost 30 years of marriage. I took never the picture. Once. I would have taken the picture if I didn't think it, you know. Look that good. Oh, that's so, true. There you All go. right, fine. I'll give that to you. Mm -hmm. Well, but anyway, so I forget what my point was now. I'm still, I'm still floating for my. Part. Oh yes, yeah, so well, Orange Theory. Thank but, you. Yeah. So we're sitting in Orange Theory, and Julie and I noticed that this is the last two times we've gone. We go four days a week. That there was half the people that were there six months ago, even 90 days ago. And it was like, I, you know, Julie and I are talking. Well, all the people with all those New Year's resolutions to stop being Blito have just basically decided to give up. And that's what happens every year. And it this is what, a third year, Julie, I think, Orange Theory? Mm -hmm. Second year? Mm -hmm. No, third year. I don't remember. But, yeah, it happens every year. People just give up. 
you know, happens every single well, year. And the guys that run will... Orange Theory have, have corroborated that, that they see, um, you know, lighter classes and this, this sort of uh, lull in the year and that that's pretty consistent. And I, I would agree with you that we see that in real estate as well, where you start to get that, well, maybe next year, maybe next year I'll be on track. Well, that's ridiculous. You have half of the year left. What the heck? And so for some of you guys listening, just from a coaching perspective, I have found that rather than just say maybe next year, you can decide to recreate your first of the year. You can decide that, for example, July 1st or August 1st or choose your date is your new New Year's. That's your beginning to your new fiscal situation. And not wait six months to reset. There's nobody saying that you have to do that. Maybe you do a 90-day massive action plan. We've got that as part of Premier Coaching. For a lot of you guys, it's much easier to think in 90-day chunks to get back on track. So you have options, none of which are wait around and go broke. That's not really a good plan. So how obsessed are you? Point number three, if you're not getting the results that you need to get, are you pursuing excellence to get there? Or are you just settling for lesser results? Can you identify what you must do to correct course and get the best results? One of the most obvious examples I have uh, from recent coaching calls would be last week, a coaching call uh, with a person in Florida. And, you know, he's been going after expireds kind of off and on, but getting a little frustrated, not getting the results that we want. So we did a little role play with scripts. As it turns out, he's not using uh, the proven scripts where they systematically eliminate objections and end in the close. He's using kind of a conglomeration of scripts that were probably too outdated and too direct for most people that you would talk to. So that's an example of if you're not getting the results you need to get, are you pursuing excellence to fix it? Or are you just saying, well, you know, I guess it's not for me. It's just not going to work for me. This, this is too hard or whatever. So part of that being able to do something about it is identifying what the issue is. Um, the other thing that I see is, especially amongst newer agents, they'll get things in contract and it'll fall apart. It'll fall apart. They don't know how to fight a cut appraisal. They don't know how to deal with home inspections. Well, are you learning to do that? Uh, we can see this also with negotiating uh, pricing for your shifting markets where it's not just choosing a competitive offer. You have to actually counter offer and go back and forth and get something in contract with a lot more effort. Are you learning to negotiate or are you just deciding that you kind of suck at it and it's just going to go the way it's going to go? So that's my point on that. Anything you want to add to that, Tim, that you're seeing? Um, I'm just thinking as I'm listening to you present, I'm just thinking to myself, I wonder how many of these guys are actually paying attention to what you're saying. I wonder how many of these guys are actually asking themselves and really doing an internal checkup as to whether or not they're truly committed to actually kicking some ass. Look, guys, the fact is that some of you are way ahead of your goals for the year. Some of you are sort of on track, you know, and others of you are so far behind. Maybe you started the year late, or maybe, frankly, you just never really started the year at all. You know, the reality of it is, is no matter where you are in your career right now, in your year, you still have six months left. Now, granted, it's not six solid months because there's tons of interruptions the rest of this year. You know, there's holidays and there's this and the other things, but still, there's so many good solid working days. Where how many different, how many actual closings and deals would you ha have to create between now and the end of the year to make it for the best holiday season ever for yourself? Have you ever thought about that? 
If I was on a coaching call with somebody the other day, and the guy had four kids, um, he was just, you know, the normal being pulled in every single different direction from that comes from being, in, I think he was uh, 43 or something, and just was, you know, feeling like he was spread thin. And I asked him, I said, because he could not create a true north in his head, he could not define really what he was working towards because he was so overstressed. And I asked him, what was your last year's Christmas like for you and your family? And that got him because then he got really quiet, and then he basically, you know, started to sound kind of sad. And I asked him for details, and he, you know, told me a story and how, you know, every kid had a present, but it certainly wasn't what he'd like to have done. It was the essence of it. And I didn't want to grind him about it, but that was the essence of what he said. So I said, well, what would the, what, had you basically had this amazing Christmas that you know would have gone down into the archives of your family history that everyone would reference back to, what would it have been like? And he gave me some ideas. He told me some things. I said, why don't you do that this year? Why don't you clearly define it with absolute vivid detail what you want your whole Christmas season to be like? Not just Christmas morning, but the entire Christmas season. Why don't you describe in vivid detail what that's going to be like? And then I asked him to like start working on that and, and start sharing some ideas in his mind what it, what it would feel like. And then that's what we did. We moved from the looking, the, you know, those types of thoughts, and then we moved to, well, how are you going to feel as a father having done that, having created that? And then he was locked in then. I, then here was his homework from our call. I said, I want you to go to your wife, and I want you to tell her what your goal is. And obviously, this should be both of your goals. And then what I want you to do is go to your kids and don't tell them why dad's going to be working really hard and working maybe some extra hours and why dad can't go to every softball, t-ball, volleyball, you know, every stupid practice. See, dad, does, dad actually, his main job and mission in life is not to be attending every single flute practice. Dad's main job is to actually be earning money for the family. Okay? Dad's job is not to be making it so that he's doing a bunch of you know, stuff like that and taking him away from being able to provide for his family. And he shouldn't be made guilty to feel guilty for not being at every single thing. You know, that's something that's really important, and a lot of you guys get conflicted about that. Uh, so moral of the story with all of this is is that get the kids to buy in. Say, listen, Dad's going to be working. He might be mom. You know, guys can, don't get all stuck on genders here. You know, and this is the reason why. Because he wants to accomplish specific goals for the family between now and the end of the year. Um, and then, you know, so bugger off and let dad do his job. And it's the essence of it. And when you have conversations like that with your family, then you get all of them to buy into it. I had another one yesterday who had a specific number of listings he wanted to take. He wanted to take – he was a full-time um, school teacher, believe it or not. But he had the ability to take like 10 or 12 listings between now and the end of the year. So I said, draw a thermometer on the uh, – you know, on a piece of paper and put it on the refrigerator and, you know, number one through 12, you know, little – you know, sections of 1 through 12, like old Jerry Lewis telephone, if you guys remember that back in the day. And every time you take a listing, you get to color in, you know, part of that. And then the, the top of the thermometer is a family event, something like, I mean, I suggested going to Disney World, but truthfully, Disney World's such a ripoff, I wouldn't I'll consider that. Again. Exactly. That's why I told him he'd never been, and I, you know, such a ripoff. But anyway, that aside, so whatever it would be, maybe a trip to the lake, maybe, again, maybe the Christmas thing would have worked for him. But the idea is everybody sees dad's progress towards accomplishing this goal that everyone's motivated to have him accomplish, right, because it benefits the whole family. And he goes he, – he was, he was kind of like waffling on it, and I asked him why, and he, and he said, well, I'm not sure if I want my kids and my wife knowing what I'm not doing, and then he started to laugh. You guys get the point? 
So you're getting the family basically to operate as a cohesive unit to pull towards the accomplishment of goals. And not don't ever try to have more than maybe three to five goals. Having a bunch of different goals is insanity. And also, don't worry about having balance in life. That's another kind of form of insanity. Wanting to have balance in life will make you insane because it will give you imbalance. So for the sake, most of you will find everything you want in life, health, happiness, sense of freedom, more time with your family, everything you want in life is on the other side of basically being rich. Don't be confused about that. All, look, if you think that your problems will be greater when you have money, uh, you're wrong, and maybe that's the reason you don't have money. So accept the fact that everything that you want in life is on the other side of being rich. And what's rich? Rich is where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. That means where you can have money coming in passively that meets or exceeds your financial uh, goals or, and your financial obligations every month. You can all do that. If you want to talk to me about how to accomplish that, just text me uh, you know, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. So this stuff that we try to help you guys understand as far as our, you know, all of our publishing, our books and whatnot, we're doing this to help you guys have a practical and tactical way forward so you can essentially live these lives of your dreams. And please don't wait because the longer you wait, the harder it is to recreate. So, Julie, in our time remaining, you, you, can you wrap up this topic? I don't know. Maybe it's a two-part show, but the next point we'll do, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, what is your accountability structure to achieve your goals? Who do you report to? A coach, your spouse, your whiteboards? Do you embrace accountability or do you run from it? It's interesting that everyone who's interested in coaching says, I need more accountability, I need more accountability. And then when coaches lay the accountability on, you guys get super creative about <laughs> work that around. And so, you know, that gets to the point, doesn't it? How serious are you about that accountability? And that's where the rubber meets the road is what are you actually willing to do about it? And accountability does not have to be torture. It can be something fun like what Tim was talking about. Put it all up on, on the wall. You know, if the goal is to get to 10 active listings at all times, and then when you get to that 10th one, you have a big family trip. That's some accountability there. That's visual accountability. It's accountability sharing it with your family and getting their buy-in. It's looking at it every single day, and then it's putting a reward at the end. So are you set up that way? And if you're not, what would your business be like? What would your family be like? What would your finances be like when you do set that up? So that's where I'll leave that because I've got to get to uh, Premier Coaching. So I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, so guys, listen, hopefully um, you are appreciating the very practical and tactical nature of how we're trying to deliver this information. We try to keep everything out of the clouds. We're not going to be mindset-y. We're not going to be talking to you about your big why or all these other things that are just impossible to define. We want you guys to remember that there's two things that are your primary objective. It's being of service to other people. When you have your head screwed on straight about being of service to other people, you will find that it's shockingly easy to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level because you'll realize that if your highest and truest purpose is being of service to other people, that is you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. That's learning how to say certain things, in other words, scripts and presentations and doing the real work of real estate. This is the easiest business to make the most amount of money in if you focus, follow one course until successful, and then do not deviate. Do not try to create your own patchwork quilt for your own, you know, your own idea of what your business is supposed to look like. Just do the smart thing and move forward and join the Premier Coaching Program, and we take care of every single detail for you. All you've got to do is lock yourself in and do what we tell you to do. Honestly, guys, isn't that the reason you listen to the podcast? Of course it is. This is the most listened to daily real estate podcast in, I don't know, in the United States at least. So 
take advantage of this. If there's anything we can do for you, well, listen, guys, go ahead and request that free real estate treasure map and all those other books. Just text the word Harris to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.